Good morning, church. <clears throat> we knew we knew it was coming. But it wasn't so bad, actually. It is it going to work today? Sounds good. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, folks, a few things before I get started um, on today's message. I want to give you an update on um, our youth center. So the youth center is part of the Made a New Thrift store that we have downtown, and uh, I, I haven't spoke about it for a while. Um, we've been working um, pr- pretty heavily on the thrift store, and it's it's been running for um, quite a while now, and it's being fruitful. Um, we're meeting a lot of new folks that come to the uh, thrift store, and uh, we're actually making um, bringing in some funds off of donations of, of things to be sold, and we're selling them, and then we're using that for the youth center. And the youth center hasn't gotten a lot of work this summer because, uh, well, quite frankly, most of us have been off doing a bunch of different things during the summer. But in the past couple weeks, uh, we had some fellas that have put a lot of work into the youth center. Um, I mean, Larry and Dad and Joseph, um, Les, and I know Danny has worked on it a lot. Um, and, and Steve uh, volunteered uh, some tin, gave us some tin. And most recently, we've painted it, and it has trim. So I know we're right in the middle of our our brand new church, and it's getting put up, but I uh, want to remind you that we still have a vision for our youth center, and it's still in the process. Hopefully, we'll be opening that up pretty soon, um, and there will be a, a definite uh, purpose for that building for our youth. Um, also, the building team meeting will be next Sunday, uh, right after church, as, as Owen announced. Um, that will be at our new church. That will be a great time for any of you to come to uh, the new church and to check it out, to walk inside and look at it next Sunday right after church. Um, come and check that out. Uh, we have a matching challenge right now for $10,000. So every every dollar that you give to our building fund will be matched uh, dollar for dollar up to $10,000 for the damage of that. All right, uh, let's pray and we'll get started. Uh, Father God, I thank you for this time that we could be here to hear your word, Lord. I ask that your Holy Spirit move among us and uh, help us to wisely hear your word, accept it, and to use it for your will. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. (coughs) So I'm going to get started uh, pretty much picking up right where Brant left off. Brant talked about a change of direction. You know, are you running to God or running from God? And I'm going to talk about a change of perspective. Perspective. This is an idea that uh, all of us have. We have these ideas about things, um, and we have different perspectives depending on how we feel, um, our feelings about that. You know, here's something that um, we uh, have probably thought a lot about here recently. The cost of gasoline. We complain about the cost of gasoline. I, I don't even know what gas costs. Did anybody fill up here recently? Is it uh, $3? How much? $3.43? Okay, $3.43 is the latest price. Um, and we complain a lot about that. But let's put into perspective some other liquid items that we uh, probably regularly purchase. Now, I've done some research. Here's, here's a list. Um, just for instance, you might buy Lipton iced teas. You can get 16 ounces of that for $1.19, which puts it at $9.52 a 
How about Snapple? You ever bought the Snapple drink? Uh, it, 16 ounces of that is $1.29, so that makes it $2.32 per gallon. Gatorade, we go through a lot of that in the summertime. 20 ounces for $1.59, that puts it at 10.18 per gallon. Uh, Ocean Spray Cranberry Juice, 16 ounces for $1.25, $10 per gallon. Uh, Coca-Cola, yeah, so Coca-Cola, you know, if it's uh, $2.50 for a 20-ounce bottle out of the machine, then that makes that $16 per gallon. Uh, STP brake fluid, okay, I've, I've used a lot of that here lately. And my brakes still don't work. But I'm not driving that vehicle, so no, no worries. Um, 12 ounces of that is $3.50. That makes it $33.60 per gallon. Uh, Vicks NyQuil, now I know probably you guys get the off brand, but so do we. But six ounces of the Vicks NyQuil is, is at $8.35, which that makes it $178.32 per gallon. Wow. Uh, scope mouthwash, a dollar, or one and a half ounce for 99 cents makes it $84.48 per gallon. And uh, the fancy water, I, I've never drank it. I'm, well, actually, it's probably the same as like, I don't know if it's the same water or not. But anyway, the, the water that comes in the fancy bottle, the designer water, um, it's uh, nine ounces of that stuff costs a dollar forty nine. Dollar forty nine for the fancy bottle that the water is in, and that puts it at twenty one dollars and nineteen cents per gallon. So the next time you're filling your vehicle, be grateful that your car doesn't run on Nyquil <laughs> or Coca Cola or even the fancy bottled water. You know, as much as we complain about gas prices, when compared with purchasing gallons of any of the other liquids that I just mentioned, gas doesn't seem that expensive, does it? That's because we put it into perspective. And maybe you say, well, uh, you know, inflation-wise, gas is still uh, pretty expensive. We have to put that in well, in 1950, gas was 27 cents um, per gallon, and Coke was a dollar per gallon. And if the inflation of uh, if the inflation and price of gas kept up with Coke, then uh, gas would still be uh, considered it would be about four dollars and thirty-two cents. So some things happened that didn't quite keep up. Um, Perspective-wise, uh, it's still the same. You know, cool things happen when we're able to put life events into perspective. Things suddenly don't seem so bad. Kids, I was there once, but think about it. When your parents tell you that you have to do all of the dishes, including the pots and pans, I mean, oh, it's going to kill you. There's no way you'll get through the whole pile on the cabinet. You think you're going to die for sure. But in perspective, You'll be all right. You know, some kids, some kids don't have to do the dishes. And maybe that's because they don't have food to put on the dishes in the first place. Perspective. You know, there was a point in the prophet Elijah's life when he felt like he was the only follower of God left. But it wasn't true. You know, we can relate with Elijah. There's points in our life when we think, man, I'm, 
probably the only guy, the only gal who feels this way, who has struggled like this. But it's not true. Elijah just needed a perspective adjustment. And when he allowed God to shift his perspective, he realized that there were several thousand godly people around him. He wasn't the only one after all. God took care of him through that event and brought him into the presence of the other believers. He continued his ministry, the Lord did, uh, through Elijah and the folks that he brought in his presence. Do you need a perspective adjustment? If you do, it's not the end of the world. Everyone needs a little sometimes a lot of adjustment. You know, even the disciples needed help with their perspective. Luke chapter 9, verse 52. Jesus and the disciples, they were on their way to Jerusalem, and Jesus sent some messengers ahead to prepare for their arrival, but the people didn't welcome Jesus. And well, James and John disciples, we could say probably more uh, two of the wiry disciples, Um, they said to Jesus in verse 54, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? Wow. James and John, settle down. I mean, that's a little hard. Jesus promptly adjusted their perspective there. Verse 55, he turned and rebuked them. Now, I'll bet he explained to them that firebombing the people that they were trying to save was counterproductive. Hey, it's, it's easy to become focused on ourselves on our own perspectives and what we want. But God wants us to help God wants to help us see clearly life through his perspective, not our own. Now, here's some insight on God's perspective and clues into some struggles that we might have with perspective from God's point of view. Now, if you've ever uh, tried really hard to get ahead in life, like really struggling to get to the top, to be first, remember this. Matthew chapter 20, verse 16. God says that the last will be first, and the first will be last. Quite a different perspective probably usually have. How about this? Do you want to be big and powerful and in control of a lot of things? Or do you just strive to get better? Proverbs chapter 21, verse 22 says, The wise conquer the city of the strong and level the fortress in which they trust. It's wisdom comes out on top here. Not the strong and mighty. 
about this. Have you ever felt worthless? Like you've been doing everything wrong. There's nothing that you seem to be able to do right. And, and just bad decision after bad decision. Even when you think you have a good decision, it doesn't turn out good. And I mean seriously worthless. Like, like they used to say, toots on a boar hog, useless. What's the point of me? Have you ever thought that? Isaiah chapter 43, verse 4. God's perspective. Here's what he says. You are precious to me. You are honored, and I love you. I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23. God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. You belong to God, not the world. And he paid for the son's life. Just a minute, Dan. That's his perspective. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, you are a masterpiece, and God created you that way. So what's the point of you being alive? And on this earth, what's the point of me? What's the point of you? Well, the rest of this verse about being a masterpiece says that God has good things that he has planned for you to do. Good things. Good things that you were made to do a long time ago. That's why you were made new. Good things. Our perspective is often limited to our time here on earth. God's perspective, though, is eternal. Luke chapter 1, verse 33, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So let's fix our eyes on the king of that kingdom, King Jesus Christ. We see others that are focusing on themselves. They're not concerned about serving God. And it may seem like they are better off than we are. You know, we're tempted to think, you know, looking at them, is it really worth it to live a life focused on the Lord? We ask ourselves that question. Let me, let me tell you about a fellow who asked that same question. His name is Asaph. He was one of David's worship leaders. He was a skilled singer and a poet. And he wrote 11 of the Psalms in our Bible. Psalm chapter 73. Asaph says, Truly, God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong, 
They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people, enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. He says, man, these guys, they seem to have it so good. Those people who don't pay any attention to God. It caused Asaph to lose perspective. It caused him to doubt. He goes on to write, Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. And then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked in God's sanctuary under his care and protection Asaph realized that his eternal future was secure but those who chose not to be in God's sanctuary the wicked their future doesn't look good at all when put into perspective there's nothing secure about hell. You see, at first, Asaph's perspective was wrong. And that made him question his life until he sought God. Often, when you see something from a a long ways off, it looks different than when you get up close to it. I remember Three years ago, when we had our first men on fire uh, hiking trip in Colorado, um, we were up on top of a higher part of the mountain. And Noah showed me yonder there was a sand dune. It was long, well, it was a ways away. And I looked at it, and he was telling me how big it was. It looked like a sandbox to me, hills and everything. And it was cool, but it didn't look that impressive. And then I seen something moving, a little bitty speck moving out there in that big sand area. I realized that's a semi. A huge truck with a big old trailer, and it was just a speck. That put it into perspective. That place that I was looking at was a long, long ways away, which made it really, really huge. Huge dunes and massive expanses of sand. 
but it took a something to focus my perspective. Now, your perspective, it, it doesn't change the size or the shape of something. And it doesn't change the fact of life. But it does change your reaction to the fact. We need to, as Asaph puts it, go into the sanctuary of God. We need to look at things from a godly perspective, not a worldly perspective. Question. Have you kept your heart pure for nothing? Of course not. If you're living in the sanctuary of God, striving to do His will and following His ways, that is, that's a great thing. And you will be rewarded for it. If you haven't, it's time to check your values with God's values. And check your vision with His points of view. And make sure your perspective is the perspective of heaven. Your perspective can make huge difference, especially in difficult times. And you start by filling your heart and mind with God's Word. Read about God's perspective. Take your burdens to the Lord and let Him have Gas is but compared to just about any other liquid that you can buy, it's not so bad. And I sure wouldn't want to fill my tank with mouthwash at $84 a gallon. You know, life as a Christian, it isn't easy. It's not easy. There's a constant struggle to stay on track. And there's persecution. Those of us here probably don't even know much about persecution. But living in God's sanctuary, being loved and being provided for and having a place in the eternal heavens compared to eternal burning, weeping, and gnashing of teeth, well, the struggle to follow Jesus isn't so bad. Matter of fact, when you put it all into perspective, following Jesus is wonderful. It's joyful. And don't forget, it's victorious. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for everything that you've uh, that you've already done for us. Lord, I ask that you would. Help adjust our perspective, Lord. Everything that comes our way, help us to see it through your eyes, God. Help us to be diligent about reading your word, about using it to apply the things that we encounter, and about using it to, to filter out the things of the world, Lord. Oh, God, I ask that you would uh, forgive us for where we fall short, Lord. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the resurrection of Jesus. That we have new life. Help us to look, look through that new life. Get perspective from that. And actually, 